Hey everybody, welcome back to Minx on Max, going deeper. Starting off with breaking news. <laughs> yes, season one, episode seven. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And we're going to go deeper. Yes. So how's everybody doing out there tonight? I'm doing awesome. What we Looks like we got a very festive looking cocktail to accompany this episode. So we, we have got? not gotten to this movie on our parent podcast, Forbidden Cinema, but we probably will at some point. So orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, <laughs> orange whip, three orange whips, three orange uh, whips. One of my favorites. Oh my gosh. <laughs> homage, homage to the Blues Brothers. Yes. And also shout outs to Greg at How to Drink. This is He's kind of a lot of my cocktail recipes kind of come from him. And he describes this as an orange Julius full of booze hall. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Cheers. Cheers. Pretty accurate. Yeah. But you know what? I've never had an orange Julius. Have you ordered, gone to the mall and had an orange Julius? I've never gotten one from the mall. I've had somebody's mom who worked at Orange Julius who came to Bible school and made them for us. Got with, it. you know, like the official recipe. Right. But no, I've never actually had one from the mall. No. I don't feel like you could get them at the mall that we went to. You had to go a few miles out farther to get to the mall that had the Orange Julius and my mom couldn't be bothered to drive that far. I feel like later on, like the mall that like I worked at when we were dating, first started dating, it was a combo. It was like an Orange Julius. The Dairy Queen. Dairy, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think they both shared the same soft serve maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, definitely a popular cocktail of the 70s. And is this maybe the best of the orange juice and booze that we've had so far? <laughs> I mean, I was surprised by the Harvey Wallbanger. I was impressed. Well, and also uh, Tom Collins. Yes. Well, that was that was uh, lemon. Well, but still. That was lemon and gin. That's. Oh, I mean, that's true. I, I, <laughs> that's, that's a no-brainer for me. It was um, like a gin lemonade, basically. Yeah. No, I like the Harvey Wallbanger. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like orange juice. I mean... I just thought it was all just going to be like screwdrivers and just, right. you know, rum and orange juice and just vodka like juice and orange juice and, and juice and something. Right, right, right. No, that makes sense. Not a lot of nuance and subtlety. As, as Snoop once said, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, right. So, yes, we are going deeper on episode seven. We start off right into it. Breaking news. Um, love you, Jillian Ponzavale. Still a little little bit of your thunder from uh, True Come Obsessed. And Minx is just all over the place. Everybody's complaining. Everybody's complaining. Ugh, all this war on this and this and that. But it's publicity. You know, and in the world of PR, um, you know, they say there's no bad publicity. So... I, first of all, I wrote, local news anchor. We probably won't go any farther into this. We won't post any links, but we are actually related to a local news anchor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, retired now, yes, but yes. yes. But, but that, that, that's great. It's always great to see him in his hair, and he always gives old ties because he can only wear a tie once <laughs> at Christmas. So <laughs> he's a pretty awesome person to know. Very, very fun. So everyone wants to know, what is this smut and who is this feminist man-hating peddler behind it? Right, exactly. I mean, we, we're going to all different kinds of talking heads. We go back to our famous councilwoman. Yes, and she's got the thing from the Concerned Citizens of Encino that is right. sent she's a like, copy all, of it to her. All of the Concerned Citizens are reaching out to me, and I will make sure that they are heard. Then Cut we are straight. <laughs> 
straight to bottom dollar productions and they are stuffing envelopes from concerned citizens. What do we see? The archdiocese? The arch, yes. <laughs> They're sending it to everybody who will be mad. Exactly. They are literally, well, figuratively now, as uh, Doug literally fanned the flames in our last episode to just get it out there, get it moving. And they're coming up with like what Tina has, like she's alliteration to get the, the different, you know, concerned uh, whatever. <laughs> she's like the, the it sounded like a, a real housewives show, actually. <laughs> like the, the something, something Hollywood wives or whatever. Like the virgins of something and there's all of these. Right. When Doug is still kind of like, come on, like, could you play along? You're making this a little ridiculous. And she's like, what? I'm doing exactly what you asked me to do. And he's like, somehow I think you're not. <laughs> and then uh, Bambi and Bambi's sister Richie, or they both say like, I hate it when mommy and daddy fight. <laughs> Did you hear that? I didn't. I missed that part. <laughs> I love Bambi and Richie. Yes. They're just, they're, I think their relationship might be my favorite of this show it's, so far. It's so great. It's it so, was looking a little touch and go there for a second of this one. but A little, a little, but but it's just so pure. Yes, um, yes. And then, you know, Joyce is like, oh, you know, Joyce can't not have angst about this. <laughs> she just can't. And Shelly makes a good point about it here a little bit later on in the episode. Yeah, it's just like, you know, she's like, oh, you know. He's like, look at this, look at this second issue. It's amazing. Like, he's like, you should be so proud of yourself. You have so many more dicks. Look how many more dicks you got in it. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's it's beautiful. You can tell by the way, you know, we don't like look at the actual individual pieces of a storyboard, but the way it's laid out looks beautiful. It, it, it's, it's much more than, like, I mean, you know, match the macho to the man or whatever was great, but we're getting some professional stuff. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's. They're getting a lot of Doug is excited because a lot of people are reaching out, wanting a lot of interviews. And she's like, let me talk to them. People aren't reading it right. And he's like, what do you mean? Like back to front. (laughs) (laughs) You'll just joice it up. Like we're hardy. We're we're hanging on to that. Uh, Do you have anybody? This might be a we do this on Forbidden Cinema. I don't know if it fits in our shorter format here. But do you have you ever had somebody who you use their name? Hmm. Probably not to their face. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe. I've got one colleague who works alone, but he works in the same place as the rest of us, and he always resets the printer settings to the way he wants them when he's there, <laughs> and so we always say he eddied up the printer, because he always leaves and forgets to set the, to reset them. That's a really distinctive, passive-aggressive thing to do. I mean, printer settings are pretty... Well, it's fine if, if you're on your own in there, but then when you leave, you got to set it back. You know, that's the... I mean, I couldn't even imagine working with someone who even knew how to change printer settings. I mean, that's they if they attempt if they even attempted it, they would not know what to do and they would blow up the whole machine. I, I have very distinctive printer settings, but I'm the boss, so I get my printer settings are the ones that we use. So <laughs> this whole conversation is just funny to me. <laughs> Printer settings, office drama. No, there's no drama at all. We we are great friends, but we just have that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Me think thou doth protest too much. Yeah, but he's like back. She's like, no, you know, they should be reading it for like the content. And what he's like, okay, you know, there's always just that. Like, can't you just be happy? And she's like, people aren't, people are complaining. He's like, no, like this is. This is good. This is good. Then we have the title card. We have God Save the Queen of Dicks. So we're right here. And we've got Richie 
getting some mail and it's this fancy, fancy, whatever. The gallery um, owner, Edward Sean. Edward Sean. And baby's like, ooh, he has two names. He's so fancy. <laughs> he's like, I know. you know. And basically he's inviting him, come, love what you're doing. Um, you should come and, and come to my gallery. Let's chat. And... And he's like, when I get famous, I won't forget you. And she's like, I'm already famous. I know how that goes. <laughs> the next thing I have is that Glenn finally allows someone to come interview Joyce. You mean Doug? D- sorry, yeah, Doug. Yeah. Finally, yeah. Doug. Yes, exactly. So she's excited because it's someone that she is from the Associated Press. Yes, I think so, because when the person who actually comes is not... He's from the Associated Press, right. yes. It's someone that she's like, ooh, cele- celebrities in crisis. She's like, am I a celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess. I don't know. Doug is, kind of, Doug is still also having a little bit of his, like, letting some of that. Like, he wants to be famous. He wants to be legitimately famous. And he wrestles with that, too. Like, she is really the face of this. Right. He, which, he's kind of wanting... He wants people to interview him. Right, like he Later does. on with the radio guys, like, guys, I can, I can, I can get in there. You know, I taught her like, she knows. I'm funny. People like me. <laughs> but so they're struggling with the same thing. He wants... The publicity that she wants, she wants, well, they both want to be legitimately seen. And she's getting all the negative brunt. And he's seeing all of the publicity as positive, And he wants in on that action. But it's all going towards her. And she's like kind of taking yeah, the weight of it. Nobody can meet in the middle in this show. This, not this very This episode well. especially. This is an episode about not meeting in the middle. Exactly. Every it, it becomes very, we have a lot of ups and we have a lot of downs. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't really have anybody staying status quo so much. So the person that she wants can't come because I guess Clarice, <laughs> Clarice Leachman, <laughs> with prime 70s star, I love Clarice Leachman. Um, like, and of course, Clarice Leachman's more important than you, I think okay. is what he says. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I mean. I said, this guy looks like a dorkier Glenn, though. He does. He's got a very like Glenn-shaped hair. Maybe all publishing people of the time have the same. Maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe they're <laughs> making all of them kind of have the mustache and the hair and... Well, I think it's just everyone has the mustache and the hair. I think that's why they say it's so much easier to get away being a serial killer in the 70s because everybody just, white guys just kind of all look they alike. They all look the same. Sometimes there's glasses. Sometimes it's like curly hair versus like blown out hair. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much the same. And he kind of acts like, I'm a fan of yours. You know, he's like, when did the matriarchy awaken? He's like, she's like, oh, you're, you've paid attention. And and so she's like, well, actually. He's like, I'm a journalist. I've done my research just like you. you know? really, yeah, really playing into it. She's like, really? It started with Seneca Falls. I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so pretentious. We might as well have done like a dream sequence of her back on the um, Pulitzer <laughs> Prize stage. Just like, you know, the little wavy lines. Right. And- I mean, not to talk too much about cinematography. That's not what we're going into. But it goes straight cut to the news article female pornographer starts gender war <laughs> like, what? i didn't say that and doug is like i can't believe you he's like this is amazing <laughs> he's like i should send you to all the interviews <laughs> you think children as young as 13 should be reading <laughs> that's not what i said she's like i just wish i had something like this if she stopped and went like oh okay access to like well she's she she's, says she access to some sort of female voice at 13 or, not dicks. Well, that's exactly the thing, though. She seems to, like, forget that there are dicks in this magazine. Right. Like, she's creating this thing, and she's just, like, so focused on the Matriarchy Awakens part of it. But it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> but her her voice needs packaging, and it's packaged with packages. 
<laughs> packages on packages on packages. <laughs> oh, man. It's the next thing I have there at the news stand. Right. And like, oh, come on, dude. Like, where's Minx? Like, what did you do with Minx? It's sold out. I need more. And Tina's like, because Tina's coming up like all yeah, she's a little reading. higher horse. She's like, I love seeing our profitable magazine. She's like so turned on by profit margins and like doing some shoulder action here. And then reading it's like naughty nurses. Right. Yeah. And and it's like, well, Meek's got it's it's gone. They've taken it. He's like, who's we've been raided? Like, no, they sold it. Like they sold it all. I need some more. It's like, yes. <laughs> Doug is like doing a dance almost. And I think that's the first time we see the morning radio DJs. I recognize both of them, but I can't put my finger on it. Do you? Yes and no. I really think that the the bigger guy mm-hmm. looks like a David What's-His-Face that's on Stranger Things, but he's not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can so see that. So I'm not 100% sure I know who he is, but I recognize the other guy as like being a friend on some sort of like teenage show, I think. I, I, yeah, I recognize both of them. I'll have to look, take a look and see who they actually are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, yeah, we start seeing and hearing them kind of like intermittently, you know, just your regular set, like your your morning shock jocks, but their their voices starting to be opinions are starting to hear. We start to hear this more and more and more, which is kind of like starts to drive Joyce in a direction. But we shoot to her grabbing some gold pumps out of the closet and her saying like, shouldn't there be a statute of limitation on borrow? Or, or she's like, shouldn't I, these be mine by now? And Shelly's like, there's no statute of limitation on borrow pumps. Like, get it. Do you have anything that you still have borrowed? Yes. What you got? I have a pair of pumps. It's terrible, too, because, like, I have so many shoes. Like, y'all, it's ridiculous. But I think I was, like, at home, like, staying at my parents' house for a little bit, and I didn't have access to all my shoes. And one of my younger sisters still had her stuff there, and I totally borrowed, and I still have them. <laughs> like, And it's definitely, like, not, you know, none of them wear heels like I wear heels, and just, Yeah. I still have it. I'm pretty sure my copy of The Princess Bride is still borrowed. But Jenny got me a way better copy of it now. So I don't even need that that old paperback copy of it. But yeah, I don't think that one's technically mine. I think I have a blazer from a uh, from a prop house from a local theater. <laughs> <laughs> that might have made its way to Goodwill. I don't know. Yeah, hard to know. I'm sure there's some other things. I think it's probably been way more the way other way around. But. I'm just trying to think of 40 years. And yeah, I know. I know. I've got a couple of guitars out there that I'd like to get my hands on that I loaned out 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Those <laughs> that are, are probably not coming back. Probably not. They've probably been sacrificed to someone thinking they're a rock star and like smashing <laughs> them on a stage. So, so we're ringing the dick. Yeah, ring in the dick. Richie goes to the gallery. Yes, yes. And he's looking and he's like, oh my gosh, like there are like actual like famous artists here. I'm getting actual hives and hyperventilating watching this scene. (laughs) This is my personality type completely. Just feeling like I don't belong in the space. I'm not. I've, I've been accidentally invited to the room and he doesn't really interact with anybody. Actually, someone does ask. I think someone, I mean, they say like Ricardo. Well, I think the first guy he talks to is kind of pretentious and sort of looks at him funny. And then the next guy asks him like, oh, hey, like, are you whatever, you know, whoever wants to see you? And he's like, no, and leaves. Yeah, so he's just, he just can't do it. Like he can't. And then, then I've got Glenn ascending treats. <laughs> like, okay, okay. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's the same time um, that, that Shelly's leaving. So Shelly, 
she's giving her gold pumps. So like Shelly's doing something fancy, mm-hmm. which sounds like fun. But she's also made it obvious like, hey, you haven't been here in a while. Like you haven't You've been, been part of the crew and then it's been maybe a month since you got arrested. And- yeah. So she's probably kind of like rethinking that probably getting arrested didn't sit that well with her husband. But mm-hmm. we haven't really, we haven't met him. No, not yet. And, and so I think she's trying to kind of pull. But when we do, I'm like, uh oh, that's him. We just get to look at it before he even comes home. I'm like, oh, yeah, we know, it. we know, and I recognize him too. So I think she's trying to pull into that a little bit. Like, okay, I need to like I was having a lot of fun and probably kind of like feeling my oats a little bit, and that made me nervous because like this is the life I've chosen, and I should really like try like find satisfaction in the life I've chosen. And so that's when Shelley says, you know, she's like, you keep you keep kind of keep complaining. She's like, well, I keep getting all this hate mail, and everybody's complaining, and. And Shelly's like, well, didn't you hate it when you didn't have a magazine? And didn't you hate it when the only person that wanted your magazine was Doug? And didn't you hate it when the first magazine came out and nobody was talking about it and it was a big thud? And and didn't you hate it? Like, if if, if you're hating like every step of the way, like maybe this isn't what you actually want. And Joyce is like, well, it's a lot harder than I thought. And basically, Shelly's like, duh. <laughs> like, everything's harder than you think it's going to be. So, like, kind of make a decision. I got places to be. Ciao. Next thing I have is when uh, Bambi and Richie are talking about him leaving and bailing. Do you have anything before that? I kind of just simultaneously, like the bell, we have a kind of a little bit of like the bell keeps so ringing. The, the bell the dick keeps on ringing every time. They're selling at a, a city. They're marking on the map. So we've got a little bit. And not, everybody's cheering. It, and it's Joyce great. is like just reading letter after letter, like calling her like four letter words. Four letter word, four letter word, five letter word. You know? Right. So it's like she's not able to enjoy or even notice really the success that's that's happening. So yeah, then we've got Bambi. But yeah, she's pulled out the invitation out of his trash can. I think this is the second invitation. Yeah, this is the invitation to the party. Right. Yeah, you know, he he bailed on the gallery. Now he's being invited to the or the, the salon, I believe, as it's pronounced. <laughs> I, I would love to attend a salon at some point in my life. I don't know if we know a group of thinkers. I don't know. I don't know. What is it that she says that uh, she got nervous before she got famous when she was going on her stage for the first time? Mm-hmm. And the director said, "You're not going to be hot forever, so take off your shorts and get on that elephant." <laughs> But I also have to like Bambi's like, well, you were so excited. She's like, he wanted to sleep with you. He didn't want to sleep with you. You slept with him. You slept with him twice. It was good. It was bad. He's in love with his mother. Like she goes through this whole thing. (laughs) And then she says, he's like, well, let us go. Is it in the in the hills or in the canyon? In the canyon is where the party is. Yeah, she says like the last time I went to a party a party there, I stayed there for a year, and then the murder started. Right. She's like, bye and. And Richie's like, wait, what? The Manson murders? He actually like calls it. And she's like, no, not those. It's like, how many cults have she even a part of? Because what she's like hiding out from the Lamb of God, Lambs of God, or something in the in the warehouse. We see that earlier on. So yeah, Bambi does give up a like joining a cult kind of vibe. She, I think there's more there than we see, but she seems easily pointed in a direction. Well, she just seems enthusiastic enthusiastic, and like genuinely interested in what other people are talking about and saying. And like, she's just, oh, yeah, that's it. Like, I want to be a part of this. This sounds great. So, yeah, no shade. So then I have her taking her hate mail to Doug and like the bottom dollar's biggest fan. <laughs> right. Like you're ruining it. It's like you're like Yoko Ono ruining the Beatles. He's like. He's, he's America's Beatles. He's like, we're like the Beatles. 
<laughs> he's like, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, he's like, here, come here. He's like, shows, he opens up a closet door and there's all these like letters on. And he's like, here's some of my favorites. He's like, this one's like, if I go back to 1933 and kill you as a child, then also kill Hitler while I'm at it. It's like, he said, if I had time, I, had time. I would also <laughs> go kill Hitler. Like, you're worse. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I love it. He's like, He's like, I can't believe, you know, he's like, can't, she's like, I can't believe like you have, I can't word the word she uses, but he's like, no, it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't like, give a fuck basically. Like just lean into it. Just why don't you try that out? Just do it. So the next thing I have is when we are at a house and it's Glenn's house. Yeah. We've got a little simultaneous stuff happening because we've got Tina and Doug eating Chinese food, mm-hmm. like just kind of enjoying it. And then at the same time, Joyce is flipping that we see her at her house flipping through like basically like notable alum from Vassar. Yes, yes. And it's like all this highbrow stuff. Pulitzer keeps on and- taking me off of the notable alums Wikipedia <laughs> on my high school. I Come know, on, guys. I know. I'm sorry. I, I haven't told anybody to do anything. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I don't care. But... Yeah, so you know she's kind of like having a crisis. Tina and Doug are kind of having a moment, and you know it's going well. I hate to tell you, I so- I told you so, but and then so then that's when she's still got the box of treats. It's the same place that she brought Glenn stuff from mm, when it must, she. It must be an inside. It must thing. be yeah. So she's like, okay. So she goes, she shows up at Glenn's doorstep. He opens the door. She kind of jumps on him, starts kissing him, and she's like, don't say anything. Just pushes him <laughs> into the door. And then we we wake up next morning in Glenn's bed. I said Joyce is going back. Yes. Maybe Glenn can go forward a little. Maybe. Maybe there's some meeting in the middle here. Maybe you know. It seemed like he was. It seemed like he is. But then we're getting ready to see like, oh, he is. But. I'm 100% team Glenn on this one. Are you really? team Joyce? No, I'm totally team Joyce on this. Okay. I'm I, 100% team Glenn. Okay, interesting. I want to hear. So let's set the stage. So they've had sex. Like they're kind of, you know, morning after chatting, talking. She's kind of complaining a little bit. She's like, I wish I could just hang out here. He's like, you can. I'll I'll take your calls. I'll fight off, fight off whoever. But he says, which I thought was exactly, ex- he was saying the right thing, but about the wrong person. And he says, it's not your fault that you got in bed with the wrong guy. Mm-hmm. And... He starts to pitch that she needs a new publisher, a publisher that has all the right connections, that knows when the right time to launch this and that and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, are you trying to be my new publisher? He's like, well, I have some money from an inheritance. She's like, the inheritance that you had since like 1969 that you've been sitting on for the last two years, knowing I've had this magazine that I've been wanting to do it and you weren't willing to help. And he's like, well... And basically that, you know, now that it seems like it's a commodity and she's done all the hard work, he wants to he wants to foot it and put the money in, but only now that it's been proven because he didn't believe in her enough. I don't think it's been proven. I think she finally figured out a way to package it for the market. I don't think she, that she has yet either. All of that's Doug. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's what's selling this. She has good ideas and she is important and has something to say but if nobody reads it who cares that's true but i think that the jury's way too out on that i think that do you think i should go to my grandma and ask her for a hundred thousand bucks for this podcast no exactly exactly (laughs) no this is not a viable business model (laughs) 
Well, and maybe it's it. It's just got buzz, and he's thinking he's thinking he's good enough that he has enough connections that he can turn this like quasi buzz. The buzz it's selling, it's selling magazines, mm-hmm. but it's still got a lot of negative connotation. And he thinks he is the missing piece. To, he can take it mainstream. That's what he thinks. He thinks he can make this the next Playboy, the next GQ, the next. He, he thinks can get the next GQ. In. He, I don't think he thinks Playboy. I still think he thinks he's going to pivot away from the dicks. I think there there may be some some man meat, but he's going to pivot from the dicks. But I think ultimately, what would happen is she would lose control. He would know better, and he would be he would be the money right now. Doug is the money, and they there's certain things she's some compromises she has to make. But not because Doug is like, do it my way. Not totally. Doug is like, I get it. And I, I want to do something different too. I want to stretch myself and be more too. You figure out and make this work. I'll I'll figure out the distribution. Like, that's what I know. You do what you know. You're doing good work, but nobody wants to read it. Let me show you how to make people want to get this. Right. And it may not be exactly who you want just yet. But Doug, uh, Doug is doing a good job of like a, very quickly, it's selling. Mm-hmm. It's going to some people like it's going to get to the right people. Yes. And we even see that towards the end of this episode, like some legitimate news outlets want to talk to her. Now, is it a trap? I don't know. But I think that Glenn wants, Glenn goes, oh, I thought what you were doing was cute. And then you took a big, bold step. And it actually might kind of work. And now I think that I can maybe, I've got the money, but I don't have to take a big, bold step in the same way that you did and put everything out there on the line. I can come save you and we could be right back where we were, just maybe some sort of power couple where I'm still kind of on top. That's what I think. I think it's really condescending. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, he might be right, but... She has to sell out. She's- I think he recognizes that now now she has something that can be sold. Now she has something that people want. And she, her name, anything her name is associated with next will be important. And she, the biggest thing that she hates is being associated with the pornography aspect of it. And Not he knows really. how to. I don't think so. I think, I mean, it is to a certain degree, but like she talked about, like what she hates the most is that people aren't, reading the magazine the way that that she wants like that they're not reading it's not that totally being associated with the pornography i think she's kind of dealt with that i mean like she said she consulted on the shoot the book was upright um <laughs> she kind of knows like recognizes she's not disgusted by it she's not she just she wants the articles to get just as much attention so that's her problem and i think it would be the same problem i think that glenn would start to kind of turn it still into a men's magazine. And right now it's not a men's magazine. And, and Doug said, he's like, there's a lot of women out you out there. I want a piece of that pie. Like, I think he, he truly embraces it. You know, he sees a million dollar idea in anybody. I think Glenn didn't see a million dollar idea in her until it was already starting to be a million dollars. Mm, okay. That's my problem with it. Like, they've been together for forever. He knew what was there. And if he had the wherewithal to make it something good... He should have suggested that earlier. That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> but. I, I respect your opinion, and I, I see where you're coming from. Um, so, is it, well, that didn't go well. <laughs> this is my next. Yeah, I was like, I said, ooh, I was like, Glenn is trying to steal Minx. 
basically. Um, I said, like, oh, he had a great idea, and she was mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's not at all. And I had, quote, like, not your fault you got into bed with the wrong guy. Like, like mm, kind of think that you just did. Mm. And that's I think that's what she walked through. Like, oh, that was a mistake. I should not have gotten to bed with this guy again. That's not who I am anymore. And she says, she's like, I think the most, like, the most, the boldest thing you've ever done was this right now. Like you've never, never stepped out. I, you know, basically I'm, I'm here doing all the work. I'm here getting all the whatever. And you want to hope that you can be in on the, when the praise starts coming in, when it's not hard. I think that's what it, you know, anyway, moving on. So we're at the party. Yes. And Richie can leave whenever he wants. Whenever he wants. And then she's, everybody's like, ooh, everybody's fantastic. And baby's like, I'll go get some drinks. You mingle. And he's like, mingle. (laughs) That is me at a party. Oh my goodness. I'm seeing so much of myself. In him, <laughs> terror. <laughs> Everybody is in small groups already talking. <laughs> There's nothing but backs. Every this is a sea of backs. So he's like, "I'm gonna go escape." Bambi can figure it out. She can live here for the <laughs> the next year. And he goes, and he's blocked in. His car is white. He's like, "So now, now he has enough guts to talk to people to ask if it's their car." <laughs> He's like a valet person. <laughs> and like, nope, nope, nope. Here, you want some cocaine? He's like, eh. <laughs> like, what are the one guy's like, we're still going to be talking about Goldie Hawn in 40 years? Like, no, her children are going to be a dynasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Maybe not as quite as much now, but the def- there definitely was a whatever of that. And then we see we see a, a very boldly dressed, like, kind of maybe. Is it kind of Andy Warhol? Kind of Andy Warhol. But we saw him... At the gallery. Yes, yes. In the group of, of people. And he's Hockney. And he's like, oh, I hear. And he's British. He's like, I hear I'm I'm blocking you in. I'm always the last to, to get here. Like, I'm sorry. I don't recognize you. All these parties are growing. And he's like, oh, I'm just Richie. I, sh- I shoot for, for Minx. He's like, oh, wow. You know, he's like, you're doing amazing work. I think you're really turning us into something like, you know, we... And he's you know, saying, like, as a gay man, you know, we only get so much. And you are really working in like male desire you're giving us something that we've never had before either you know richie's richie's gaze richie's point of view is is giving them more than just kind of bold just all you want is sex no there's a different point of view here that we're interested in as well it's super tough he's like well you know it that's the trouble with being a pioneer that you know you're gonna people aren't gonna understand it you know everybody's protesting it that's a trouble you're doing something different enjoy it lean into it and then we kind of move away and joyce is late for the radio spot <laughs> and doug wants to do it so he, he just wants them to ask him to come he in. thinks they're pretty cool he yes. does like even though like he knows that they're like schlubs and but they're still like nationally syndicated so he wants to be a part of this show so you got your classic i mean it's i don't know 50 years later but it's still kind of the same it's it's still kind of the same one guy wearing sunglasses inside a guy in a hawaiian shirt you know one guy's the party guy and the other guys yeah Yeah, we got the sound effects buttons and all all of the above they crazy dave and the moose whatever (laughs) yeah i don't remember what their names are they're two actual names but i just said franco because she savages franco every chance oh she killed it because she is on that high of being pissed she is just let's throw it all to the wind she i mean she barely probably has her her jeans back on she's like <laughs> bursts in the door she's like i'm here let's get on the radio and and doug's like i wonder if she and franco don't hook up at some point 
I don't know. He, he can be in. Some, some guys are into that. Man, she just really called me names for two hours. I don't think he was, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll come around. On the DL, you know. <laughs> Not like in character as Franco. Right, right, right. His name is probably Francis. <laughs> But, of course, they have an assistant that big dude throws a coffee cup at, and he's like, two sugars. Sugar. Sugar, yeah. And she's already got a stack of books and whatever, and we're we're jumping into it, and uh, tell, tell us why you hate men, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. She's like, love it. Men love to ask a question and then answer it themselves, and then men love to tell me how I feel about it, and back and forth and back and forth, you know, oh, yeah. You guys can't see her, but Joyce is actually pretty good looking. We hear feminists. We think it like hit the dog sound effect. <laughs> and she's just, yeah, like I said, she's riding that high of being just self. She's on. She's, she doesn't Joyce up anything in this. No, she is just on it, on it, on it. And he's like, well, I can tell you, you know, what about your wife? He's like, well, my, my wife is always, you know, satisfied. She's like, really? He's like, what about you? He's like, well, I'm single. Like, of course you are. Like, any <laughs> I don't remember all the quips. But I don't remember, but one of them, Nancy comes up and... <laughs> yeah, she pushes the, the button. She hits the burn button. Like, wait, no, you're not allowed to touch that button. That's that's my button. And she's like, that's the thing. We don't really want your button. We want our own loud, obnoxious button. Like, that's all we want. Just to be as be allowed to be just as obnoxious as you are. And I'm pretty sure that... He's like, I've never heard any complaints. One, you probably never asked. Two... Probably anything you're hearing is probably not. I, I don't get the impression that all of your relationships are built on like strong communication. And then she says, mm. I know a woman who's been in a relationship for 16 years and her husband doesn't have any idea that she's never been satisfied by him. And we see Shelly listening to the radio while she's getting ready. And we see a man in a car. You see just average white man in a car. Listening to the radio. And he he knows. He knows immediately too. Like, so he's aware of what's been going on like we haven't met him we don't know their relationship we we know that there's really no parents in the picture like Shelly and and Joyce's parents I mean he's aware of what's going on enough with with Joyce to know that or to know that that's Joyce on the radio and he's listening and he knows enough to know that this is who she's talking about yeah he's talking about their relationship and his wife and we go back to the part like she just kills it, kills it, kills it. Doug is so proud. Tina's listening. Tina laughs. Tina's like, because, you know, their relationship, Joyce and Tina's have been still kind of tenuous mm-hmm. because are you going to ruin us? Yes. And Doug comes in and he's like, it was awesome. And he's, he's getting ready to rant on how awesome it was. And Tina's like, well, when Dick Cabot's people called and he's like, what? <laughs> Dick Cabot from New York? I thought I had good news. I need you to say it. I'm a petty man. <laughs> and she just laughs. And all right. It's like, I need you to tell me that I was right. It's like, but I'm also going to tell you that you were right. I was reckless and I knew I'd had that gut feeling, but I was reckless. I was right, but you were right too, that we need to do this together. I still don't know enough about their history to know if I should be rooting for this, but I did write, woo, <laughs> with about 14 O's. So. <laughs> and she kind of leans in. She's like, you're right. Very, very close. He's kind of sitting down and then they stand up together and they kiss and it's hot. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, it definitely is a moment. It feels like this has been a long time coming and we should be excited about it. And I am. I just don't want to like find out he has a wife or she has somebody next episode. If there's nothing, if there's no impediments, I'm all for it because they are a team and they're amazing together and they've built this thing together. And that's obvious. So we've got that relationship 
going to a new space. Think it's positive. Think it's a, a new a new place. Don't HBO this up. Right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Then we've got Glenn and Joyce. You know, he's mad. He's making the bed. He's still in a robe. Throws a pillow, breaks a wine glass that was on her side of the bed. He's pissed. Um, Don't break wine glasses, people. It's not their fault. No, no. You got to clean it. It's so much more. You got to clean it up. You're going to miss a piece of glass. You're going to step on it. How many times have you broke a wine glass in the dishwasher and it just ruins the next hour? I mean, you're like, I'm going to be just. Now I'm going to have three wine glasses that look alike. And I'm never going to be able to buy that wine glass again. And it's just going to be like just wine glasses of all shapes and sizes in the cabinet. It's the worst. And then you're also like, I'm not going to get this cleaned out enough. And like all of my dishes are going to just be like just jumbled with glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I have in my head. And so then we're at the party and... Uh, Richie's part of a group they're all talking everything seems great and Joyce comes in she's like I hope nobody needs to leave I blocked like five people in she's got a fabulous outfit she on she does she looks great and uh, Richie introduces her is this the first time we see her in a dress no we see her at the country club at in the that, country club okay in that purple and green plaid that, dress that's, okay that's Ugh, right I love that dress if I could buy that like that dress was shorter for derby party we have coming up that's basically what I've had in my head that I haven't been able to find <laughs> and that I've like seriously wanted but yeah so then she gets introduced this is Joyce Prigger the minx of minx and Hockney like stands up holds her hand and says God, God save the queen, the queen of, of dicks, dicks. <laughs> and she laughs and it's great. And then we've got Lenny, who is Shelly's husband, walking through the door. And they're both just staring at uh, each other. And that's that's where we we end. And so we've got all really these relationships got, at different pivotal points. Yeah, I really got the impression of episode two that, that he was more in on things. I mean, about her. About her and having difficulties. And, and being okay with you know her using a vibrator and enhancements and stuff. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I think it's it's a different time. It's a very but I, different I still time. Felt like she seemed pretty clinical and pretty like about it. I don't right. know. I, yeah, I feel like and, and her it was it was a beautiful speech she gave. You know about how much she does love being with and you know, mm-hmm. but there are certain things. That, I don't know. I just yeah yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. It, it would seem with what she has going on with home at home with like I can't kind of keep track of how many kids she has honestly. I think three and like but a, and like a very a baby. a baby baby too. Yeah, I honestly couldn't think when she would find the time to do it without him knowing. <laughs> I mean, but I guess so. But yeah, so I mean, we we've got some. He's he seems kind of devastated and shocked, and she's kind of like, ah, now I've got to deal with this, and like yeah. she's she's this, this has followed her home. This was a fun thing right. that she got away to do. She got her fur coat and her shirt, her hair done, <laughs> and was part of this fun thing. Got to design a couple of pages, and and then she ends up in jail, and then reality check, go home on the baby, and now it's following her mm-hmm. back to her house. She thought she just could kind of leave it. But no, now it's it's following her. Right. So we don't know. I mean, everybody's we'll, – we'll see where we meet everybody next next time. Le- so loving it. It's a lot of fun. You know, of course, we're getting more invested in everybody. And so all the ups and downs are, you know, become more and more of a thing. But, yeah, 
I hope that you are um, following along. I mean, obviously we know all episodes are out as you're rewatching. If you want to, I hope you're catching up with us each episode at a time. Um, Minx on Max going deeper. If you want some in-betweens, uh, you know, some some fun movies, Forbidden Cinema, both on iTunes, Spotify. You can follow, rate, review. We'd love it. Love to have you be part of the conversation at Forbidden Cinema Podcast at Gmail. And check us out on our socials about what's going on and, and sharing that as well. well. We'll share this cocktail and the recipe on Makes on Max Going Deeper on Instagram, as well as Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. All right. We will see you guys next Thursday. Can I say same dick time, same dick channel? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I've just thought about it. and I should probably cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like something I've been preparing, but it kind of sounds like I have. But no, just like, I should say same dick time, same dick channel. That's a terrible thing. You shouldn't say that. But like, do it anyway. <laughs> Print. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.